and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 106. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're discussing Next Gen's seventh season episodes, Gambit, parts one and two, and Phantasms. Here we go. Gambit, parts one and two, season seven, episodes four and five, production numbers 256 and 257. Original air dates, October 11th and October 18th, 1993. Directed by Peter Lauritsen and Alexander Singer. Story by Naren Shankar and Christopher Hatton. Teleplay by Naren Shankar and Ronald D. Moore. Music composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast include Richard Lynch as Arctis Baran, Robin Curtis as Talera Tapal, Caitlin Brown as Vekor, Cameron Thor as Narek, Alan Altschuld as Uranic, Bruce Gray as Admiral Chicote, Sabrino LeBeouf as Ensign Giusti, Stephen Lee as Alien Bartender, Derek Webster as Sanders, James Worthy as Corral, and Martin Goslins as Satok. After Picard disappears during an archaeological trip, the crew is told that the captain was vaporized by a group of mercenaries who attacked him in a bar. While the Enterprise crew prepares for a memorial service, Riker, now acting captain, asks for, asks for and receives permission from Starfleet to investigate Picard's death. Parker Riker learns from a Yardarian trader named Yarnik, a witness to the crime, that the alleged murders have moved on to the Baratus system. So he takes the Enterprise there and finds an M-class planet. Riker leads the away team to the surface where they find the ruins of an ancient outpost. The team is attacked by nurse mercenaries who then take Riker, Riker a captive and bring him away to their ship. On board the mercenary ship, Riker is greeted by the group's leader, Arcarius Baran, who implants Riker with a neural serval capable of inflicting great plane. Furthermore, Riker is astounded to discover that Picard is aboard the ship alive and well, posing as a mercenary smuggler named Galen. Why are we risking our lives taking these artifacts? Who wants them? I see no reason to tell you anything. But you can rest assured. I don't necessarily share everything I know with Baran, either. This conversation, for example, will stay between us. We're going to do this as one discussion. Um, well, you know, I don't hate these episodes, but I think it's clear why they never selected these to be the special standalone two-part Blu-ray. Um, so, um, Steve, why don't you start us off on Gambit? Um, well, I always remember these episodes, um, because they're unusual, like, well, in the, in the same, in the sense that so many episodes in season seven are kind of unusual in that they, uh, you know, they know it's their last season. They can take liberties in terms of what they do with the characters. They're just doing unusual, unusual things. So I think it's kind of interesting from the start. I'm kind of reminded of Star Trek three, the search for Spock, because they're all in their, these clothes, they're putting on some kind of doing some kind of ruse here to try to find information about one of their um one of their shipmates so that's the first thing that kind of came to mind and so that's fun seeing them in a different environment and playing that um but uh, i always i always remember most about this i think the kind of dramatic reveal of picard on that ship it's like oh there he, there's where he's been or whatever um yeah, I don't know. I don't know where, where else to go with that initially, as we're just beginning our discussion. But those are my first impressions. Well, you know, there's a the it takes. It's almost like halfway into the first part before we see 
inside this mystery ship and we see mm-hmm. Picard as Galen, right? That's a long time. Mm-hmm. Like 20 mm-hmm. minutes, right? Yeah. Um, and there's an immediate fundamental failure there because it opens with the bit in the bar and you learn Picard is dead. Uh, all of no pu- nobody, all of zero people believe Picard was dead. So you just spend 20 minutes waiting to see where he is and what's going on. You know, it's in, in every moment they try and have where, uh, you know, Riker's upset or mad or sad or whatever. It's all, it all doesn't quite work because, you know, he's not dead. Yeah. I don't know. That, that always seemed like such an obvious failure. So it's okay to do that sort of thing. It's just don't take 20 minutes because I'm, I'm, I'm ahead of you. I'm already ahead <laughs> of you. Without knowing anything, because I know Picard isn't dead. I know there's another half a season of this series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you could do that, but do it for like the teaser, not for 20 minutes. Or at least cut it in half, 10 minutes. How's that, Brian? Okay, but um, I just, I just continually felt like so much of both of these parts were they were kind of unnecessary scenes and you could have just done this same story with one episode. It would have, it really feels like they had a normal episode and they stretched it out into two. That whole opening section with all the investigation. Um, we have multiple scenes where people in two different spots could reach the same conclusion at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the bit with, <clears throat> um, forgive me listeners. I've, Got a little bit of a cold, and I'm using a different mic. So hopefully I don't sound too unlike myself. <laughs> uh, you've got the section with... Um, um, Day- Once Data takes command, they go back to the planet, and, and Data and is with the away team, and they're investigating, and they realize, oh, they're Romulan artifacts that they're looking for. Or, excuse me, Vulcan artifacts. And at the same time, you've got the scene where... Uh, Picard as Galen has a little confab with Riker and tells him everything that's been going on. He says, oh, they're, they're Vulcan artifacts. I figured this out. You know, um, doesn't that make one of those scenes a little bit redundant? Later, you've got, and this is just off the top of my head, you've got uh, Riker figuring out that, what's her, what's her name? Talaran is, uh, is not Vulcan security at the, around the same time that mm-hmm. Picard figures it out on their ship. You know, maybe there's an interesting way to do that, but what it felt to me was just like seeing this similar, too similar of a, of a narrative scene um, uh, twice, more than once, and I just think that it felt like they were extending it into a two-parter when it it didn't have enough meat there to be a two-parter. Maybe mm-hmm. this is not a terrible episode. I just think it's kind of boring. I don't. I don't even mind. That it's a little bit unnext Jenny. I'm okay with that actually. I've heard. Mm-hmm. I mean, on my my studies, I see a lot of people that complain about this sort of that. About, that people that complain about this episode in a different way than I complain about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, like uh, Gene Roddenberry's "No Space Pirates" mantra that this would seem to violate. I mean, that's not. I don't really care. That's not like a big. That doesn't bother me. It bothers me because it's stretched out into two episodes when it should have been one, and it feels boring half the time and repetitive. Not terrible. I like the guy that they got to play... What's his name? Bran? Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. a great character actor we've seen in other shows and, and movies. He's got a cool voice, and he can stand up to Picard. Um, but 
Uh, Caesar, haven't heard much from you. Um, I wouldn't say I was bored watching this episode. I actually kind of enjoy it. It's it's fun. It's got a lot of holes and problems. Um, I think probably the things that kind of bothered me is that um, probably I, I guess it's in this doesn't matter. I guess it's in the second episode where Data just kind of lets the ship go. I thought it was a bit of a stretch that you know just based on just a little wink and a nod that he gets from Riker that he would just let this ship go and he would drop the shields. I'm like, yeah, okay. It's, it's, so the episode is, it's got a lot of holes and it's got a lot of problems, but I think I was just able just to say, you know what, this is, they're just having fun with this. And it is, it's kind of a fun ride. I mean, we've seen this throughout the seven years that we have these episodes where Picard kind of goes on his archeological expectations. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. I would kind of feel like this one, Falls a little bit in between. Um, what was the last one we were talking about where they go running around looking for the the creation of all species in the galaxy? I was very disappointed in the ending of this on that one. And this one, I was actually satisfied with the ending and the conclusion of it. Um, I kind of enjoyed the um, Vulcan mythology aspects of what they were trying to go with. You know, the kind of the supernatural weapon that you know just destroys all. Kind of had a little bit of a comic book feel to it, and that and I guess that's a good way to put this. This episode just didn't it didn't really have like a serious tone, even though they tried to do that. It kind of felt more like a, a comic book episode than necessarily a Star Trek episode. But I wouldn't say I was bored, but I would agree with you. There's a lot of holes and flaws with this two-parter but um i was kind of able to overlook them because it's they uh, they do look like they're kind of enjoying themselves with the storyline i thought it was weird that um galen you know you talk about holes and little problems and things that just don't seem like they were very very thought out and the kind of stuff that maybe you don't notice when it's flying by at normal speed but when you drag it out over two episodes you know Mm -hmm. like like uh galen is this He's so necessary to Baran's plan uh, because he's in such an incredible specialist uh, <laughs> at, his, <laughs> at his artifact yeah. analysis. Let me let me uh, <laughs> let me explain for you the incredible, amazing artifact analysis. Here's how it works: <laughs> you set it on the computer tabletop, and you say, "Computer, reset for diagnostic." <laughs> and if the computer says this isn't the one you're looking for. You pick it up and set it aside and put another one in its place. <laughs> this is very, yeah. very. I mean, obviously, he has a PhD. Uh, yeah, they didn't do a lot of things to, um, you know, it wasn't really very well thought out about how to move the story. But that's forward. the kind of thing I'm talking about. Like, if we'd only seen him do that one time, because the episode only was only four, one episode long, 46 minutes instead of two parts, we see him do it like five times in a couple of different yeah. scenes. And he, he talks about what a specialist he is. So it's like because they dragged it out, you notice it in a way that you wouldn't yeah. in maybe well, in a normal well, episode. You, you got to assume Picard and he never let him come down there to see what he was doing. <laughs> so he didn't make it seem so he made his job seem more important. He does say that he increased the efficiency by yeah, ten, tenfold. So what were they well, doing before? Just well, throwing that it up in the air? That right. nah, I don't <laughs> think it's the right one. Right. But you get my yeah, that's point. The only thing. Yeah, that's, you, yeah, that's the only thing. You wouldn't notice these things at the speed of this episode yeah. had it taken place in half the time in one one episode instead of two. It, it, you know, yeah, it's, you just got you just got to turn your brain off for this episode. Mm-hmm. It's it's one turn of these. It it's one of these that I can I can see it being pared down to, to one episode. I could see that it does feel like. You know, it, it's it's like it's like comfortably decent. You know what I mean? Like I, I, you know, I watch it 
and I and I dig seeing these people in different environment and how it flows. I do know that it kind of is it's slow, and it, you notice these things. Uh, but it is kind of comfortable, but it, it definitely is the thing that it, it's that way because I love the show. You know, I mean, it's seeing these characters do things, you know, and I'm, and I'm cognizant of the fact that your average Joe is probably like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm getting kind of tired of this, you know, man, this isn't very tight, whatever, you know. So. Yeah, the, the, there, the, there were several, I mean, we, we could sit here all day and pick this episode apart. The one, the one thing that I kind of found was funny is so that in the second episode when Picard is figured out by the Vulcan operative or mm-hmm. the... And, you know, he just tells her who he is. It's like, <laughs> based on just what she said, I'm like, okay, wouldn't, when, wouldn't you just at least say you're a captain of a different ship? Come on. Mm, right, right. So, I mean, there's a lot of things in this episode that they do just to kind of move it forward. They don't, it just doesn't seem like they, it just seemed like they were just having fun with this. And mm. just, I don't know. Uh, did you guys think that Data, or excuse me, Worf's insubordination kind of stuff to Data, was that like out of character for Worf? Did that seem like a stretch? That felt a little bit weird to me. It's out of character for seventh season, I think. Yeah, Worf, yeah, for know? sure. I mean, they, these guys have been together a long time, and it just, there doesn't seem to be enough to justify him. But I sympathize with Worf. I'm like, what are you doing letting the ship go, dropping our shields? Come on. <laughs> it's a, it's kind of like back to what we talked about at the top, right? That it, it's a little bit like a filler, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, if we make him just enough of enough where he's not, you know, if, if Worf would be impatient or something, we can pull play one of these uh, insubordinate to the new captain type scenarios or whatever. So It's kind of fun, this idea that they... <clears throat> That they lead an away team, or not an away team, whatever, a raid onto the Enterprise. Yeah. That's, that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that, who's that, like a basketball player that got played? Oh, that yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a very tall guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but mm, uh, it's got a some little bit of humor, that, that bit with um, uh, Data, Worf is like, let's bring him on with that for a health and safety inspection. And Data yeah. says, that's not in the spirit of the thing. But he can file a complaint. Yeah, it made me chuckle. Um, you know, and the last scene is is memorable in this one where he's taking Riker to the brig. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, I'll yeah. go to sleep. You take Riker to the brig. <laughs> he was joking. Data, he was joking. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. Yeah, it is. Um, um, yeah, when Picard, so that scene with, um, Riker and Troy early on when, um, you know, he's all upset about, it just kind of reminded me of what was it best of both worlds when he had to deal with Picard's death. So it kind of just kind of felt like a repeat there. So Brian, I can't argue with you. There's a lot of flaws in this episode. It's not great, but I, I did, I have to say I found it entertaining. I didn't like walk away going, oh my god, I wanted to have to sit there for two hours and watch this again. I I, I enjoyed the camaraderie they had in this, this well, episode, and I think that's what I think we're going to see a lot of that in this season, where they're not necessarily great or good episodes, but you can see the cast kind of enjoying themselves. I don't know about that, because I mean, you, you, you listen to the interviews and things, and you just get everyone just saying, I was so burnt out, and I, I wanted the show to end, even though I was having a good time, but I was just so burnt out. It was just that's you hear that phrase over and over. You know, seven years of twelve to sixteen hour days. Yeah, six well, days sure. a week. But I'm sure they enjoyed each other's company and enjoyed yeah. working with each other, and that's what I'm talking about. And I'm sure they didn't enjoy the sixteen hour days, six seven days a week. 
you know, it, Steve, it's interesting that you brought up Star Trek Three. I often reference that as my favorite film, uh, and so much of it is because you had this small group and you had them in there kind of civilian attire and and so i can i kind of see where you're going especially like with the costumes and things mm-hmm. um i do i do like galen's costume you know i do like um there was another toy they had picard they had galen oh yeah <laughs> did it, yeah. it didn't say picard as galen did it, it just said galen <laughs> I don't remember. I think. But I think. That's kind of funny, though, to imagine. Like, who's yeah. this guy? Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like Picard. Why do they make him... They, <laughs> he looks like a Picard. And why do they give him his own uh, character? He's only in one episode. Like, <laughs> there two episodes. He'll be like, they're, they're, so, they're so cheap trying to get us with these uh, <laughs> crazy characters. They just stuck Picard's head on this gale in here. <laughs> <laughs> just reusing those plastic worlds. Um... um yeah, so this is going to be like one of our shortest podcast episodes ever. Um, don't have a lot to say about this episode, do we? Sounds like we're all very lukewarm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You had no fun, Brian. I think I think Steve and I at least enjoyed ourselves a tiny little bit. I, I just think it should have been one episode. Mm-hmm. Instead of two. Um, I always remember it as being... Heck, it might be the only like weird. There, there were a couple of like two parters in Next Gen here we can say where it was weird that they were two parters only because part two was had nothing to do with part one. Mm. But here, it really just, it just, it just feels like an extension in a way that it shouldn't. Anyway, I've made, I've said, I'm, I'm a broken record. I know. I don't hate it. You've I don't said your piece. <laughs> Um, no, I agree with you. We, we've talked about some episodes that were one part that were one episode that should have been two. So I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. It works both ways. But, you know, we're about to talk about an episode that was originally the first part, a significant portion of the first part of the two-parter, and we all wanted it to be more, you know, Data's Dreaming. Um, so they're going to flesh that out into a full episode. And I'm going to have some... Well, we're going to talk about that in a second, but there's an example where, you know, they had an idea that they squeezed into half of one episode, and, and I think they recognized that it it could support more. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so we got anything else to say? Favorite scene. Do that, and then we'll move on. How's that? Favorite scene. Caesar. Um, I like the interactions between Picard, Galen, and Riker, where they're having to be adversaries. I mean, those were all pretty fun. You know, you mean to put on fun. stuff like on the bridge. Yeah, the pretty, I mean, pretty much all of them, you know, the wink and the nod, you know, like, hey, I hate you, you hate me, you know, the, they, I don't think Riker punched Picard at all, but yeah, the scene where they're in the quarters, and <laughs> Picard had, you know, that subtle kick to the stomach before he leaves. Yeah. That back kick, so, those were a lot of, those were fun for me. I'd probably say the, basically the, uh, the raid on the Enterprise section, you know, because it's just so unusual, and and there's it's so much confusion with Riker and Picard both coming on the ship, and it's just chaotic and different, you know. I kind of like the uh, phaser fight on the planet near the beginning of the first episode mm-hmm. when they mm-hmm. take Riker. Um, so you got that yellow shirt right off the bat, and then they're just yeah. going at it, you know. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a long one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's kind of a mini story inside of it, geography and things, so I kind of like that, but... Do we have anything for what this episode's about? 
It's about not inflicting violence on other people. With the oh right, the, ha the happy Gene Run, <laughs> the happy Gene Runberry ending. You can't mm -hmm. use that weapon on me because I'm happy. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. I think it might be something about using one's hostile emotions against them. I mean, you know, they definitely are playing that that thing doesn't work if you're at peace with yourself and are not hostile toward those with you. So, I mean, I, mean, I don't know. It doesn't seem like much of a theme throughout the episode, though. That's just the last no, not few That's true. That's yeah. true. It's like um, you get the energy re you reflect, or you reflect the energy you get, however you want to phrase yeah. it. All right, doesn't sound good much. I do have a I do have a question. Did they ever really those like they were those divots in the ground? I never quite figured out what that was from. I thought those were from transporters, but then they transported and there wasn't the little crystal I don't know. Well were they just digging up artifacts or no? Yeah, I didn't quite get what that was about. So I that was kind of filler that I, yeah, they, I don't know. They I did look like over. weird digs. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Steve? Mm-hmm. You know nothing on that? No, anyway, no I, I know what you're saying. They never really came back to it definitively. Yeah. All right. I think we've had enough of Gambit. <clears throat> Let's move on to Six Degrees for Gambit Parts 1 and 2. Who's going first? Steve, you want to go first or second? I'll go first. Okay. Alan Altschild plays Uranek, the Uridian that helps Riker piece together what happened with Picard's apparent demise. He's a Uridian, and his name is Uranic. Are all Uridians' names yes-something? Why-something? Perhaps. Yeah. Uh, in Voyager's fourth season, he played Loomis, a member of the nomadic Katati, that asks Voyager for supplies. What member of Voyager's crew does Loomis attempt to attack on sight, and later... 30 Katati ships surround Voyager and demand this crew member be surrendered to them. Hmm. This is vaguely familiar, but... Is it uh, Seven of Nine? You are correct. It was Seven of Nine. Uh, Day of Honor was the episode. That's the one where... Um, uh, so the, the, the Borg had decimated... The, the Borg are the reason that Loomis's people were oh, okay. nomads. Yeah. Um, but I think that... that the Day of Honor, that's the episode where um, uh, Paris and Torres are mm -hmm. out in space together. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, Adam? Yes. Robin Curtis plays Talera, the Romulan that wants to use her mind powers to scoop up her enemies like a dog. Curtis also played Savick, the Vulcan. In two Star Trek features, what was the last one in which she played Savick? Um, would that be Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home? You are correct, Star Trek Four. Good old Robin Curtis. I remember Steve and I. You saw her. Uh, you and yep. I saw her at the forty-fifth, mm -hmm. right? Forty-fifth. Uh, yes. Anniversary Star Trek: The Creation Show in in Vegas. Yeah, that's right. I didn't realize that she she is a real estate sales lady now. Oh, she, she, cool. Remember that? Remember? Yeah, uh, that's right. Totally retired. She was she was nice though. She was cool. You got to pay the rent somehow, right? Yeah. All right, moving on. 
Phantasm, Season 7, Episode 6, Production Number 258. Original air date, October 25th, 1993. Directed by Patrick Stewart, written by Brandon Braga, music composed by Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast include Gina Rivera as Tyler, Bernard Cates as Sigmund Freud, Clyde Kusatsu as Admiral Nakamura, and David L. Crowley as Workman. Data is disturbed by his first nightmare, in which a group of workmen attack and destroy him. He tells Geordi about the dream while the pair work to install the new ship's warp core, and Geordi points out that he has probably reached a new level in his dream program. That evening, Troy pays Data a visit in his quarters, having been alerted to his nightmare. Data tells Troy that he is afraid to activate his dream sequence again, but she encourages him to keep at it. Data, soon asleep and dreaming, sees Worf eating a piece of cellular peptide cake, which is really Troy, who is a half-woman, half-cake. He awakens surrounded by a concerned Troy, Worf, and Jordy, who have told him he has overslept for his shift. Delicious. What kind of cake are you eating? It is a cellular peptide cake with mint frosting. Would you like a bite? No, thank you. Phantasms, Mr. Caesar, please kick us off on Phantasms. Phantasms, it was an interesting idea. It's kind of cool to see these dream sequences with data and how they're interpreted. We get to, uh, you know, you know, kind of how we all dream, you know, it's, you know, things that we see that are familiar, but unfamiliar at the same time. Um, you know, we briefly discussed it in the, the last episode, you know, where Data had begun his dream sequence, but they kind of left off and didn't explore it. And so in this episode, they, they really do go after it in, with, with Data and, you know, how he's experiencing these dreams. Um, I gotta say that the second half of this episode didn't really do it for me. It just kind of, I don't know. I really enjoyed the first half, the setup for it, and I just was kind of disappointed with the second half, how they kind of just went about it. Um, I don't know. That might be just me. I'll hear you guys' opinion here in a moment and see what you think. Well, I agree that... Because when you think... Okay, so think back to the first time we had the dream uh, discovery by Data, <laughs> and that was the first half of that... Well, not exactly the first half, but maybe, you know, half or so of that past episode, <laughs> the B story. Mm-hmm. Um and I like this episode. I've always had fond feelings about it. And my overall, it's going to be positive. But I think where I think the way it leaves you leaves me wanting is the the concept of a dream. You know, it's such a way. I mean, he goes to see Freud for gosh sake. It's such a way to like to like you know uh, learn about your your yourself. Um, your and, psyche. Yeah, your psyche. And and when we first experienced dreams with Data in that past episode, that's really what it was. You know, yeah, it was triggered by a, an accident in engineering, but that's still kind of that was the whole point of the dream program um, uh, that Soong had given him. And here, the for the first half of the episode, <clears throat> that's what it is. And uh, but by the end of the episode, it turns out that we're investigating kind of the same old same old thing on next gen and it's not this cool philosophical uh, analysis of data's psyche or how human he is because of his dream it's just 
oh, there are these parasites, these, these creatures are eating people's shoulders, and only <laughs> Data can see them. So I think that, I mean, it's still cool, but I think that um, kind of intellectually, it's a little bit of, a, just a little bit of a letdown, uh, as, as opposed to what the first half of the episode, or indeed even the prior experience with Dreams, uh, have set up. So, I don't know, maybe I'm reaching there, but I think maybe that's what left me just a little bit wanting, and maybe that's why, you know, Caesar, what you're saying, you know, you felt a little disappointed in the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve, what do, what do you think about this, my analysis here? No, I think it's it's valid. I mean, it's it ends up be kind of fun from this. Uh, it's a fun episode because it's a mystery and you're solving a mystery, but if you're thinking that you're going to get more insight into data because they address the dream thing, then you kind of then that's kind of uh, yeah. de- derailed, and so yeah. it also makes the uh, overall um, you know we'll get to what it's about or what it could be about, and that's a little bit thrown out the window too because it ends up being just a you know the the lesson is look data is so perceptive he sees these things that you can't see and he can dream about them you know whatever it's a you know it's it's fun there's a lot of fun things i crack up at there's so many things that crack me up and i remember all these lines and stuff mm-hmm. and talking about them and joking about them stuff like that it's certainly entertaining mm-hmm. yeah i kind of didn't even quite fully get i know they they kind of just brushed over it really quickly how data is able to interpret these things in his subconscious I mean they just kind of brush over that real quick how I mean they don't even really go into depth about that how he's able to yeah Yeah. and I you know I I love the special effect you know just they're just on top of the clothes you know they're I didn't quite figure out they're so they're there but they're not there so I don't know it was just kind of weird how they went about that disconcerting especially when the setup is like you know we're we're ready to go because we remember just in the previous episode season that we had this cool dream sequence and, you know, there was some enlightening stuff that we wanted more. And yeah, I agree with Brian that eh, eh, there could have been, they could have done a lot more with this. And I hope no one's looking in the mirror when she runs that scanner over him. Can you imagine like seeing some big creepy crawly on your face or something? Then, sure. Oh, there it is. And everyone's really calm about it. Well, it's stuck to my head. What's my shoulder, man? I'd be like, scratching it or something heck yeah this was a brandon braga episode right yeah yeah i think he, he didn't he write that voyager episode where they they have like the hidden things all remember the voyager oh, i bring this episode up probably. all the time there's something about that episode of voyager that must have stuck with me because i seem to bring it up a lot but yeah that that one where they've all got appliances like these, and not critters yeah, yeah like the the aliens are like torch testing they were doing something they got those like things all over their heads and things but only only, only like one person can see them after a while, I think it was seven. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I think I think Braga wrote that one too. Um, complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, pretty. It's pretty horrific in the turbo lift. I was just going. about to bring that yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. In you know, in the UK, they censored it. They uh, it was it was recut slightly because hmm. in the US version, uh, I, I don't know that it's still this way, but at the time that it originally aired, you know, twenty years ago. In the in the U.S. version and still in like say, what we see now, there's just a little bit of the actual stabbing. Like I think you can see the kind of the knife like stops its motion because it's hit something, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they cut that half a second or so out of the U.K. version. Yeah, there were several stabs. It wasn't just like one. <laughs> you know, it's... Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of yeah. I don't know why they went there. It was a little over. The... I thought it was a little over the top. 
and there's quite a bit of blood on the knife when you turn around. So I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know hard, if I'd it, be able to quite, yeah, quite be that comfortable around data. After right, exactly. That's what I was about to say, too. It's, it's so horrific that can you imagine ever walking up to him the same way again? But no, by the next episode, I guess they're cool. Well, they're, in five minutes, they're cool. She's like, oh, she <laughs> yeah. already explained it to me. It's all good. You can, it's, uh, I understand. You stabbed in, in me fact, four or five times. Yeah, in the future, you need to stab me again. Go ahead. <laughs> and i like how they were able to like subdue him really quickly like isn't he supposed to be really yeah, yeah. It, he should be like no way they can just grab him and i mean yeah. he's, he had I'm, to be just kind of like stunned you know and yeah, just sure. kind of frozen not really trying to do anything yeah so that's all that makes sense. yeah that whole scene was just weird that's to me that's where the episode kind of took its turn for like Ooh, where are they going with this now so i don't know Oh, the funniest thing, and no one really laughs or carries on like it's funny in the episode, is when he's describing, you know, what he was going through, and 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 that explains my antisocial behavior. <laughs> <laughs> antisocial stabbing people. Oh, <laughs> um, that's a funny bit there with his cat when he's trying to get Worf to take him. It feels a little bit out of place in the episode, almost, almost too yeah. funny, but. And tell him that he's you are a good cat. <laughs> I will feed. Well, would have been would have been fine if he just didn't stab somebody. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's why. Couple, let's <laughs> move that scene two scenes later. Yeah, it's basically. Uh, oh, we just uh, we have the one scene where Picard's like, "Well, all you did was stab Troy, so I'm just going to keep finding quarters. <laughs> don't go stabbing anybody really important. You know, don't stab Riker. Uh, don't stab. Don't stab Jordy. Got to get this sheep going." You stab somebody like that, and I'm putting you, you know, I'm locking you down. You're going to the brig or something. Yeah. Don't stab me. Yeah, don't stab me. <laughs> yeah, no, it really was. It really was. It's a, that that brief moment on, on, on the treble lift is as horrific as anything in Next Gen. Yeah. Yeah. I would say for sure. Um, yeah, another bit of humor. Yeah, see, you go from, like, the most horrific thing to as funny as Next Gen can be. It just doesn't, when you put both side by side, they kind of hurt each other. Right. But, like, when Data goes to sleep and he has his little fake yawn, <laughs> it makes me laugh <laughs> every time. Um, um, I know Steve is a really big pet guy, so I know you love every time Spot is on yeah. screen. That's right. Especially, like, because Spot looks really cute there when Data's watching as he's sleeping. And that's all I think is, man, this has to be, like, Steve's favorite episode just because it's pretty Spot-focused. Mm-hmm. You know it. That almost spot sounds on. like a joke, Spot-focused. Focused. focused. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's this episode about? That's where I ran into trouble. I had, had the same um, problem that Steve mentioned earlier. It's like, you know, they go in a certain way and then they make this turn where it's just kind of like normal. Just, yeah, just figure out who these creatures are. Yeah, like if you just if you stopped it in the middle and asked me, I'd be like, well, let's see. Troy is encouraging Data uh, to just dream despite his nightmares, you know, to try yeah. and learn about himself despite these, you know, like getting through these sorts of learning about yourself even through your nightmares is illuminating and yeah we're incomplete without that dark side without yeah. the neuroses yeah. that lie underneath blah 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 and then yeah then but yeah. yeah it's derailed with the whole 
Well, it's all just because Leeches. he can see critters and people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the conversation while Jordy's getting hit on <laughs> was, it, was, it was good, too, you know, because he's explaining to, to Data, like, you know, maybe this is part of the program or maybe it's, like, evolved into something where, you know, he, he was basically saying we have no idea what this program is or how it works, so well, you shouldn't be afraid to dream. And then he has to... This is weird for Jordy. I'm sorry to bring this up. It's weird for Jordy. Jordy's uh, one and a girl the whole... Series yep, and finally yep, one yeah, likes him, too. and he's like, uh, she's cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do we ever see her again, or is this just no more time? I don't think so. Yeah, we sound like we sound like the uh, you know, relatives of single people. It's like you just don't want to be happy and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're always complaining, and then when a cute girl comes right up to you, what do you do? You sure away. She even helps. She even helps him get rid of the captain when he's being annoying. Yep. <laughs> or Ensign, <laughs> such and such. Yeah. Uh, maybe it has something to do with it. Is about what it's about is that because you know, the way they solve the whole problem is just to have Data shriek. Yes. That's the that's the magical fix all. That's one of my you know this this episode wraps up really fast. Yeah. You know, you look at your calendar. Sometimes it's weird. You're like watching an episode because, you know, I'm still enjoying watching the Blu-rays, watching HD, right? And I, I do leave the counter on. I look down at it every now and then. <clears throat> I'm going to be like, there's two minutes left of this <laughs> entire episode. Total. There's like two minutes left. And they haven't even had the figured out who did it yet. You know? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's really weird when you think about just how fast some of these things. And that's not, that's like, I'm not even counting the credits. <laughs> <laughs> You know, well, since you brought up Blu-ray, Blu-ray, we'll mention what the opening scene of this episode where the Enterprise is coming out of the starbase was yeah. really pretty. Yeah, that was, was gorgeous. A pretty shot. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice shot. That was one of those where, uh, you know, I mean, that was a real model, and um, they we've seen that model at that station before, obviously, and it was overbuilt if you think about it as far as detail for a TV show since that model was built for one of the movies. Mm-hmm. So I think all those reasons are the reasons that that, yeah, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous shot. I really, I noticed that. I noted yeah. that too. I wish, wish they could all be like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, um, all right. Well, I guess we've covered this one. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. So, you know, one thing I do like about this episode too is that this is one of those ones where it feels like, especially that first half, you know, it feels like a later, later episode in the series. Or maybe I just associate mm-hmm. this with seventh season. I don't know, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's because, like we said, they they're taking they're taking risks. They can they they have the leeway. They, they so they do some unusual things, you know, and yeah. and it's fun. I mean, we've we've there have been tons of good episodes. We we see our characters. We enjoyed seeing them and new doing new things so you know well well it's a little bit different you know because obviously we did ds9 and that whole seventh season was you know conclusion of the war so it had such a different feel where this Mm -hmm. one is just kind of like well i don't there's not really like a um a focus to this season i guess you could say well people generally refer to this as the family episode you know the writers have always said they were burnt out too and all they could think to do was start bringing up family you know you get we're gonna get Worf's half brother that we almost never heard of we're gonna get uh, Crusher's grandmother <laughs> mm. blah 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 uh, we we saw a version of 
of Jordy's mom already. Yeah. You know, we get Wesley. Yeah, season. we're going to finish that out. So, you know, this season is generally regarded as not not as strong as 3, 4, 5, or 6. Um, and we are now nearly a quarter through the season. And I so far I don't feel like my thoughts on this season are going to change. I'm, I'm going to probably agree with that. For the most part, so far I'm watching Next Gen this time um i was amazed at how much more i loved season three than i remembered Mm -hmm. which puts me more in line with the average fan i suppose um but other than that other than three it seems like my thoughts on each season have held pretty steady i think yeah Mm -hmm. um all right let's uh ready to move on let's do it six degrees for Phantasms um, tied one to one. Uh, Steve went first last time. Adam. Yes. Data's decapitated head was played by Data's decapitated head prop. <laughs> we last saw this prop in what two-parter? Sorry, I couldn't use do a re- traditional six degrees here because uh, <sighs> nobody's Fudge. coming. Oh my god! I can't believe I can't remember the name of this episode. It's been a long day. Um, have at it, Steve. Time zero. You are correct. All right, Steve. Clyde Kusatsu plays Admiral Nakamura. We last saw Nakamura when he agreed that Commander Maddox should cut Data up into little pieces so that they could make more little Datas. What episode was that? Mm. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, measure of a man. You are correct. Steve takes it for the day. <laughs> That uh, one I knew. That one you knew. <laughs> well, then you should have, in the, in, when we did our last Six Degrees, you should have gone second. Yes. Mm. always choose to go first. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so, listeners, thanks for sticking with us. I know it's been weird. It's been a month since we've had a regular episode because we took, um, we, did, we did our usual two weeks off, but then we did our our holiday episode, and then we took three weeks off because of holidays and colds and people from out of town. And um, So we'll be back into the swing of it. We're back to our normal two-week thing now. Uh, so thanks for sticking it out. And um, uh, Real quick, did you guys get any kind of Star Trek anything for Christmas? Um, I, was bu- I bought a Matchbox... New Enterprise, the new movie Enterprise. I always get one. I you know I I buy little random little ships all the time. I don't do it necessarily do the Hallmark things, but I have to say I was a little disappointed. But it was a lot smaller than I thought it was going to be. But yeah, it works well on the tree. It was ten bucks. Oh, so it's a it's an ornament, but it's not the Hallmark one. No, no, it's not a Hallmark one. It's it's a Matchbox toy of the um, the new movie Enterprise. But it's a but it's an ornament. You can use it as an ornament. Oh, it's okay, like, okay. You know, it's like two inches long so yeah i just throw them on the tree <laughs> boy that's the kind of thing you don't really want to have recorded onto a podcast <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, steve what about you settle down uh, i don't think so i don't well i got the new uh, ornaments the new hallmark ornaments i get those every year from yeah. my parents for christmas yeah i didn't get any this year but i i did i i really i wanted to get um no i can't remember the name of it what's the name of the black ship from into darkness 
Um, that was that was one of blanking. I don't know, sure. Yeah, I know what you're. Yeah, I saw that ornament. Yeah, it was, was, was kind of cool. It was cool looking that, you know, I've got a lot of the Star Trek. I'm not as many as you, of course, Steve, but I have a lot of them. I have more than I have room to put on my tree, right? And mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I seem to prefer putting all the ships up there. But after a while, they kind of, when you stand back, they kind of look very similar. But that's why I, was, I thought that black ship from Into Darkness would look pretty, it would look different enough. It's bigger, it's a black, um, but... I usually go by, I swing by their Hallmark store after Christmas, and if they got any Star Trek stuff left, you know, it's like half off, but for yeah, once, they... They're, they're sold out here. Yeah, this time, this is the first time ever, they didn't have any, they'd sold out of all of them, so. Yeah. I got one thing, actually, my, my main present from my wife, which, uh, you know, my birthday is near Christmas, so, <clears throat> um, you know, we don't spend a lot of money on each other for Christmas, but she wanted to this year, so she kind of combined my birthday with Christmas, and she got me. I think we I, we talked about it briefly, but you know, every now and then, a Novos is it a Novos or a Novos? A Novos. A Novos. Oh, I'm not sure how to pronounce it off. I'm for sure. A and company I, that does it looks the, like A N O V O S. Yeah, but. I think it's a Novos. Yeah, the the company that does like the replica uniforms and things. A couple of years, or no, not that long, maybe a year and a half ago, they were they announced that they were doing the um, um, you know, my favorite jacket, the one Picard wears a yes. little bit starting in season five, um. The kind of the, the zips up in the middle with the mm-hmm. top and the black. I, I love. I've always loved that one. Steve, don't you have one of those? Like, I know. I got it as well. Um, a few. Oh, you got ago. the Onovas one. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, so that's what she got me. Um, nice. Yeah. So uh, that's and it's the, it's the kind of thing like I will. I because if because if you leave it unzipped, it's it's almost like a jacket. It's still not mm-hmm. quite, but you know that's the kind of thing I, I'll totally wear that to like WonderCon or something. Mm-hmm. So that'll be cool. Good Halloween costume. Yeah. Steve, did you get yours tailored? Or did you just send in your dimensions and got it that way? I just picked a size or something. I don't okay. remember that. Okay. But yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so that was uh, that was my Star Trek uh, gift. And I was Very get, cool. I was oh, happy, tw- happy 29th birthday, by the way, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, twenty nine. Uh. <laughs> hey, I'm not. I'm still in my my thirties. Yes. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, so thanks so much for uh, spending some time with us today, and uh, we will be back in two weeks with the next three episodes of Next Gen. So Bye, until guys. next time, take it easy. All right. See you. I passed it.